Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now we're going to have be joined in just a minute by Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson. And uh, Joe, you'll have to hit his button down there so I don't cut him off. But we've also got Danny from Nashville. So let's take Danny. Danny, thanks for calling. How you doing, guys? Good. Glad to have you on the air. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I just had a comment about the uh, NIL. Uh, here several years ago, uh, there was a player for the U of A football team that got arrested for shoplifting. Yeah. Shoplifting personal care item. At the uh, he tied in at the, uh, the bowl game, at the belt bowl. Yeah. up there doing all he can do, trying to play football and go to school. Yeah. And has to go try to steal stuff to keep himself from smelling. They paying all these coaches all this money, but they want to complain about it. Yeah. And then this kid has to get in trouble for that kind of stuff. I'll listen okay. out there. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for calling. Well, that's a very good point. I think he's talking about Jeremy Sprinkle, the tight end. I'm not sure what he stole, but it was actually uh, at the Belt Bowl, and he wasn't able to play in the game. I think he's still playing in the NFL right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to, to his point. Washington, I believe, I may have been yeah. traded to San Francisco. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any coach that begrudges NIL, n- none of them. It's all about how do you control it to some extent. But um, and Kevin's here on the line, and, and you might listen to this, Kevin, and we can talk about how it applies to basketball. But um, you, you think about, here's what Kirby Smart said two days ago. This is two days ago, before they announced his contract today. Two days ago, he talked about, when he was a football player at the University of Georgia, if he'd have known up front he was going to get $25,000 above his scholarship to play, he's not sure he would have been as hungry a player as he was. He's not sure how good that is for the players to have that kind of money. Okay. Now, I do understand that argument. I, I, I do. I think you look at some of the contracts in pro sports that are so outrageous, and you think, do they... Do they, are they going to work as hard to earn that? So I get that argument. But two days later, he signs a contract for $11.25 million a year, and you have to Thank ask the you. same question. Are you, you going to work say, hard, Kirby? Yeah, exactly. You've got That's this contract. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. So is, why, is it, why is it that you can't that understand that a player might lose his incentive for 25000 oh but goodness. you're not losing your incentive for $11 million a year? So, Kevin, you know, where, where did he play? At Georgia. Where did he play yeah. Wow. He's a Georgia guy. I, I'm yeah. stunned because I'll tell you this. These young men, yes, they are talented and they have yeah. a lot of natural ability. Yeah. But these young men work very hard. They sacrifice That's a right. lot. Now it's a year-round deal. That's right. You know, from middle school on. Yep. So I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm because, glad he wasn't on my team because he wasn't well, very much of a competitor well, if he needed uh, 25000 to get no, the most out of his ability. No, he needed not to make 25000 because he needed to be hungry. Oh, That's what he was saying. He was saying well, he might not have been as hungry if it were not. So Kevin McPherson's on the line. Arkansas has just signed this incredible recruiting class. We know Nick Smith, Jr., has got uh, some NILs. I don't know about Black and Walsh and the rest of them, but do you think that will that will uh, their incentive will suffer because they're making NIL money? 
Guys, I don't. Um, everybody wants to get to the NBA, and um, it, it, part of you know part of that's the money. But the sooner you can get to the league, the, then you get to the first contract. And the rookies, we know they're slotted a certain way, so even the top picks can only make so much no matter how good they are. And then it's that second contract, and that's where the riches come if you prove yourself. And so even though NIL money's good. And can be really lucrative, and especially relative to not getting, you know, getting a stipend just for being a college student athlete. Sure, I mean, I guess it could affect some, but for most of these guys that have a realistic goal of getting to the next level, they understand there's a lot more out there for them to do, and I don't think it's going to hinder them. I think it helps them, uh, but I don't think it's going to affect their motivation. I really don't, and I think. Even the young players that aren't getting as much in IL or if they're getting something, their dream is also to play professionally. So they know that to get to the, the, the highest levels of basketball, which is to play professionally, whether that's the NBA or somewhere else, they know there's more long-term wealth uh, to build um, you know, at those levels. And so for them to, you know, for them to you know, gear down now just because they're getting some compensations and maybe in some cases some really nice compensation. I'd be surprised if it affects their motivation. There's a difference. Well, there's a difference. Go, no, go ahead, Marcus. No, I was just going to say that regardless of that fact, if they've worked hard enough and developed their skill level to the point where a school is willing to offer them a scholarship and then uh, a business is willing to invest in them. Why do we feel like, because of what might happen, why do we feel like they don't deserve or can't or shouldn't capitalize on their present value to the market? Why do we feel like it's okay because we're worried about what some may or may not do? The Kirby well, smarts of the world. I mean, that's yeah. It just doesn't make sense to hinder somebody's ability Guys, let me, let me, to earn their Let me value. throw something else in here when you get a chance. Go. Well, I, I'm around most of these Arkansas student-athletes basketball-wise, as you know, from a young age. And I don't just go to games and practice. I go to workouts. And these young players, these young men are in the gym. And Moses Moody, for, an exa- for example, they live in the gym. And so their life, their lifestyle is based on putting in the work to get better. And so, yeah, there may be some payoff with NIL. Uh, of course, Moody was one and done and got out before he received that. So that's not, I'm not using it as an example for an IL. I'm using an example for how so many of these players now invest so much time, almost like it is their job. Nick Smith Jr. is another example already before they reap any benefits. So it almost becomes built into their character and personality. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too far with the statement, but so many of them expect to work hard. And I, I just think it's so ingrained in them. I just don't think, Seeing some benefits now is going to make them gear down on the work they're putting in. I just, you know, hey, they've been doing the it for so long. Only a small percentage are going to even make it to the next level. So, what they earn now, based on their value, may be the max. So, yeah. why would we deny them when most of them are not going to make it to the yeah. next level? You're right. Well, I look at okay. I, I was told this. I, I have no way of uh, confirming it that Jalen Williams had a six-figure NIL deal last year. Six-figure would be $100,000 or more. I have no way of confirming it, but it came from such a good source that I have to believe that it could be true or close to that. Okay, that's a nice NIL. Now he's going to make $2 million a year. 
uh, playing in the NBA. So his incentive wasn't killed. It was enhanced because he knew, you know, the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow was a lot better than what the NIL was here. So to Kevin's point, I don't think it uh, yeah. inhibited him. The, the other thing is the difference, though, with basketball, you have to admit, is they know if they're really good, if they're a five-star, whatever they do for NIL really doesn't make any difference. It's one year before they're they're getting paid big money to play, play in the NBA. Whereas in football, it, they're going to be at least three years and possibly four before they get re- rewarded with a contract uh, to play in the NFL. So basketball, really, I'm not sure the impact is as huge as it might be for football. Am I wrong on that? No. Uh, I think it's a good point because uh, the circumstances are different. Timing has a lot to do with it. I, I just feel like most of these young athletes have been building towards something, and I just don't think getting the, a piece of the pie when there's more out there and they know that that their window ultimately is small to play sports. At some point, they're going to have to do something else with their lives. So as much wealth as they can build playing the sport, they should stay motivated, especially at this age. Even they're getting some nice NIL money. Even football players are maybe looking three years out. Uh, You know, I I still think they're driven. And so I don't think that's going to be something that we really see. Well, wow, these guys just dropped off. They got their NIL money, and now – They've lost their their will to compete or get better. I I I, I, I mean, there may be examples of that. I mean, there, you can't ever be absolute about everything across the board, but I don't think it's going to be prevalent. You know, and, you know, and I I could be wrong. Marcus is an athlete. He he could correct me on this. If this is what you love to do, you're going to do it no matter how much you get paid for it. You know, I, I think about coaches. I think about Houston Nutt. Okay, Houston Nutt was paid well. Uh, the coaching salaries are much better than they are now. Uh, they're better now than they were when he was, but he was well compensated. He got out of it with Arkansas and Ole Miss, both paying him some money. But if you offered him $100,000 or if you offered him less than that to go coach right now, he'd do, he'd do it because he wants to coach. And so, uh, and he was a darn good one, but he's out of it. So I, I do think it's the same thing with these athletes. We just talked about a you know, 40-year-old. Here's, here's why in the world would Peters want to still play the, in the NFL at 40? You got to believe he's been highly compensated. It's because mm-hmm. he loves to play, and yeah. so I think these guys. That's that's the, that's the thing that we shouldn't <coughs> shouldn't downplay is how competitive that they are and how much they love the game. Yeah. Rick, I think you said that so well, I, I, and I think so many of the comments are really an insult um, to the character of a lot of. A lot of these young people, I mean, the work ethic, quite frankly, if you got to know half of them, and I know you know this, Rick, and, and you too, Hoopscope, because you, you're around these AU teams, you know, the, the guidance they get, especially in our state of Arkansas, from the leadership and the coaches, all of these guys, most of them are academically uh, very intelligent and strong, Kareem Moody. So, you know, you know while most of them aren't going to play at the NBA level, these guys have tremendous character. They work hard. They love the sport, and they love to compete. That's why the universities are interested in bringing them in. I, and my belief is if you lack that internally, 
the chances of you making it to the next level in college football or the major college school are slim and none. That's right. Okay, Kevin Hoops, Scoop McPherson is with us. That's Marcus Elliott, Carl and Benton, Max and Little Rock. We've got to take this time out. When we come back, we'll come to you on Drive Time Sports. Marcus Elliott is with us. Kevin McPherson is with us. I'm Rick Schaefer. Randy Rainwater and Trey Shepard traveling. Let's go to Benton and talk to Carl. Hi, Carl. Thanks for calling. Hey, Rick. Um, I'm listening to the conversation about the big coaches' contracts in the NIL, and I've never believed that giving somebody a flat contract with no incentives and no accountability other than getting fired is the way to do things. You know, if you had NIL and treated it like a business or the coaches' contract, you do what they did with Sam Pittman his first year. Let him prove himself. Give him a base salary and then bonus him for achievements. You do the same thing for the student athletes, too. If you're a starter, you get a bonus. If you make all conference, you get a bonus. Give them a chance to make more money than just that flat thing. For me, that's a disincentive. I want to know that if I do more, achieve more, I make more. And I'll hang up now because I'm having trouble hearing everybody. Okay. Thanks, Carl. Well, I don't know about it giving incentives to, to players or even coaches, but here's, here's the thing. Here's the dirty, dark secret about these coaches' contracts we just talked about. They've still got incentives. <laughs> so let's say let's say Kirby Smart wins the national championship. You you think he's not going to get a nice bonus for that? Even though he's already making eleven point two million, the highest paid coach in college football. If he wins the national championship, he's going to get a bonus. So my thought well, process yeah. is, and Rand, Marcus says I would make mm-hmm. a cheapskate athletic director. My <laughs> idea was, I'm paying you eleven million. You should win the national championship, and I shouldn't have to give you another dime for doing it, right? Well, yeah, but here's the deal, guys. You, we can get creative and play all tough on radio because, yeah. A, it's not our money. That's right. And B, we don't have to compete. So That's the right. minute we do one of these all-incentive all contracts with one of our coaches, guess mm-hmm. what? Our competitor is going to say, hey, come here, Mr. Razorback coach. You don't have to. I'm going to guarantee you money. Just come over here. Well, guess what that coach is going to do? See ya. Guarantee. That's right. You bet. Yeah. So That's we right. can do a lot of talk, but the market drives. That's right. The market the mar- drives salaries. Market's driving it. Thank you, ESPN. I still don't get it. ESPN is making a lot of money, but there's a lot of cord cutters. I'm reading where you know how many subscribers they lose, but they still have an enormous money. This is like a number. It's just like, I don't know if either of you guys are Netflix watchers. We get it for our grandkids, yes. not for me. I never watch it. Netflix last month lost 970,000 subscribers. But guess what? They've still got 220 million. So, so okay. They lost a million. All right. What, what percentage of 220 million is that? Not very much. So. Anyway, ESPN must still have a lot of money because they're dishing it out. Let's go to Max and Little Rock. Max, thanks for calling. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I got a short couple of questions. Scoop uh, if he's Great. still around. He is just waiting uh, for your questions, Max. <laughs> good. And I will not continue this non sequitur argument about the NIA of it. Okay. It'd be crazy. Great. Go right ahead. Uh, uh, who? Have you seen any of the practices of the basketball team or any film of the practices? And if so, what what surprises have you seen? 
Did you hear that one, Kevin? Have you seen any of the Razorback No, it was cut practices? out. I didn't hear it. I have don't you, even know who the have, caller is. It's Max in Little Rock, and he asked if you've seen any of the Razorback summer practices or video of the practices, and what have you what have you learned or what have you heard? Oh, it's a great question. I, I haven't been to a practice. Uh, I'm kind of sitting on this for a minute, but I think, since we're bringing it up, I think media are going to get a small window to view practice very soon. Next week. I'll say that much yeah. mm-hmm. in person, so that that's going to be a treat. But what I've seen from the videos that have put out and the conversations I have with folks uh, is Arkansas's athleticism and length and, and size upgrades. And then you've got – I mean – you know, you knew that that happened in the front court. You went from 6'10", Jalen Williams, playing the bulk of the big man minutes last year. Now you've got four players, 6'9", or taller, that have a, a variety of skill sets, and, and they've got all that length and athleticism, but the guards have gotten bigger. When you think of Anthony Black, a 6'7", point guard, uh, you look at, you know, Nick Smith Jr. who's going to play on the ball a lot at 6'5", and we've seen Mason Jones be a primary ball handler and a scorer and a playmaker. We saw Jalen Tate as a primary as a facilitator first at 6'6", but Arkansas really didn't have size backcourt or frontcourt. They were small ball last year, and I think this year that's the biggest thing I've seen out of the videos is just all the plays they're making above the rim, at the rim, offensively, defensively. And I think the collective basketball IQ, anytime you have three five-stars, you don't get the five-star status just by having physical attributes. You've got to bring something else to the table, and I think – this recruiting is probably the best class in the country. It might be the biggest class in the country with 11 newcomers, but there's so much quality in there. Uh, yes, chemistry, playing together, bonding, you know, there are things that are going to have to be worked out, and I think that's what helps Arkansas having this foreign tour that's coming up, by the way, in a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, they'll have 10 full practices before that. So we're going to learn even more. Yeah, the, the difference is, is we're going to get it word of mouth because they're going to be in Spain and Italy with no, as far as I know, no live stream, no yeah. kind of radio or TV. So no. we're Whatever. still going to not, not know as much as we want, but hopefully we'll get some statistics, see what players play, what combinations were together. Maybe we'll learn some of that stuff. But so far, everything I've gathered and what I've seen in the videos released by the Batman's basketball uh, department has just been that just eye-popping collective length athleticism in size across the board, backcourt and frontcourt. That Thank you, question, Max. It. Okay. Yes, it did. I appreciate okay. it. Thanks for calling, Max. I'll give you my one quick thing, and I hope Mike Haywood gets to make the trip. I'm assuming he will so they can send back some information. But um, Kevin's much more connected than I am to basketball these days. But I will say this. I've, I've heard this, that there are even members of the basketball staff that are astonished at how quickly these guys have gotten together and like each other and work together, particularly when you're talking yeah. about so much talent. So when Kevin was talking about chemistry needs to be worked out, yes, it does, but so far so good there. Let's go to Travis and Conway. Yep. Travis, thanks for calling. Hey, guys, can you hear me, Todd? Y- yes, we can. Go ahead. All right, thank you. So, one of the biggest things, you know, with the conference realignment and all that that you hear is it's all about the money, and, yeah. uh, which I hate. I don't hate it for the players. I think the players should be compensated and all that, but I, I think the, all the realignment and everything is going to be terrible, but whatever. Well, my proposal would be to remove the scholarship, and I think one of the previous callers had a pretty good idea about like a base top salary. So remove the scholarship, still compensate them for the scholarship with a dollar figure, 
But if all the realignment that's going to happen is for the schools to be able to make more money, why don't they just legalize the schools paying these athletes and they can pay them their, their scholarship funds, they can pay them for, you know, being a member of the team, like he said, being a starter, and then you have incentives above that. Like, why? And then obviously they can still get their endorsements from other people as well. But I think that would make it a more fair game as where every school pays a certain amount and the schools are actually having to pay for the players as opposed to, you know, individual businesses and all that. Travis, I think that – you know, I, I think there's that, that, that there's, you've put a lot of thought into that, and that's a good thought. Here's the thing is there's going to be about 30 schools that can do that and because, because the, money, the, money's, the money's all coming to the big schools. We may see three conferences survive this, and if so, you might be talking about 30 to 40 schools, and that's it. And if they have the money to do it, why not? Well, Kevin, right. thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us with the calls today, too. Those always come thanks, first. Guys. We hope you have a great weekend, Kevin. 